Hey everyone, welcome to My Wife the Dietitian, a weekly podcast about lifestyle and healthy eating. I'm Rob and together with my wife Sandra, we invite you to join us on this informative yet entertaining journey through the complex world of healthy eating. We'll cover everything but the kitchen sink. Each week we'll discuss topics ranging from how to protect yourself from developing cancer, spicy foods to rev up the libido, to caring for your palliative grandfather with Alzheimer's. We'll also delve into more complex issues like, what the heck is oat milk? Why doesn't my butt fit into these jeans? And every guy's favorite question, will eating spinach really make it bigger? Join us each week as we strive to educate, enlighten, and entertain you. To fast or not to fast, that is the question. The idea to have a period where you stop eating completely can invoke some apprehension for many. We were raised to eat every few hours, small meals and snacks to be healthy. There wasn't a mention of refraining from eating in that scenario. With spiritual and religious traditions, fasting is as old as time. Evolution has taught the human body to adapt to long periods of not eating. Our ancestors learned how to survive on feast and famine. What doesn't kill you can make you stronger. This may actually be true when we talk about improving longevity and helping improve our body's ability to repair and grow to stay healthy. The opposite of grazing all day, intermittent fasting lets your body have a rest from eating, which is necessary for metabolism and health. There are some populations in which fasting isn't a good idea, but lengthening the time between dinner and breakfast is an easy and healthy way to try it out. Tune in to today's episode all about intermittent fasting. Episode 28, to fast or not to fast? That is the question. (laughs) Intermittent fasting. What is intermittent fasting? Well, a lot of the topics we cover, we talk about what and uh, when and different uh, variables about eating. And it's just, it's not just about what we eat, but the way we eat. Oh, okay. And today we're going to cover what is fasting, the historical significance of fasting, and how it's been utilized for centuries. Oh, really? With spiritual and religious practices. Okay. Um, The types of fasting. So there's different ones, time restrictor, they're intermittent or alternate day. And we'll talk a little bit more about those. Right. Uh, what it's promoted for as a diet these days, um, who it's not for. That's important. And how you might want to get started with it if you're interested. Okay, good to know. Good. So what is fasting? It's it's abstaining from all energy in the form of food, drink, or both for a specified period of time. That makes sense. I think that's what most people understand it to be. Yeah, and starvation is... If you've uh, fasted for longer than 48 hours. Uh, that doesn't seem like a lot. 48 hours, a couple of days, I guess. And that's the definition for starvation. It's I don't know if it's a formal definition, but it is uh, your body goes into a starvation state after about 48 hours of abstaining from all food and fluid. Oh, I see. Okay. And I remember we talked in the hydration episode about the importance of fluid and without having fluid over three days, then your body starts to really break down. Yeah, for sure. Fluid's fluid's more important than food. 
Yeah. But, right. but, you know, it's interesting because with the fasting, a lot of the fasting traditions, there is fluid that is consumed during the fast, but we'll talk a little bit more about the particulars. But what is fasting? I mentioned um, abstaining from all food and drink for a specified period of time. Right. And it is um, Benjamin Franklin in 1700 said, the best medicine is fasting. The best medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark Twain said, a little starvation can really do more for the average sick man than can the best medicines and the best doctors. Interesting. I do not mean a restricted diet. I mean total abstinence from food for one to two days. Hmm. That was Mark Twain, who's an author, and he's not a medical professional, but uh, it just shows how long it's been around for. Yeah. In um, ancient Greece, Hippocrates said he believed that, uh, and he's the father of medicine, Hippocrates, um, believed fasting helped the body heal itself. Right. So maybe a little bit more uh, uh, experience than Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. Well, in ancient Greece, oh, sorry, during Ramadan, uh, many Muslims fast from dawn to sunset every day for a month. Wow. And there's lots of religious traditions and spiritual practices that uh, incorporate fasting. So uh, Buddhism and Christianity and Hinduism and Islam and Judaism. So there's... Um, Definitely, it's got a historical significance. Yeah, it's not a it's not a new trend. No, and I mean, if you think ages like our ancestors, food wasn't around uh, for periods of time, so the body actually adapted and uh, evolved um, around you know conserving energy when we didn't have food. So you know that's kind of where it all stems from the yes. fasting. It's like involuntary fasting. Like right. You, you don't have an option. Right, right. But, you know, it is, uh, it's been, there's doing, there's been a lot of research in, um, with fasting. And it is, it does show you, like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, like, it's actually, it does the body good. So, you know, if we're always so comfy and got lots of food around us, we're eating, you know, through the day, grazing, as some people call it it actually doesn't give our body a break to utilize the calories and it's, you know, it's just not good for us to eat all the time. Yeah, for sure. It's the same with exercise too. I mean, a lot of people, when they start working out, they think, oh, the more I work out, the faster I'm going to gain muscle and the better it'll be. But it's actually better to work out less because your body needs time to recover and rebuild the muscle that it's been working and right you know so and repair a, yeah exactly oh absolutely yeah the breakdown and repair right yeah yeah and have you ever heard the term i eat to live or live to eat uh i yeah it kind of makes sense i guess i've heard that what is what do you think that means for people like when oh i eat to live or i, I live to eat well, it, it sort of focuses on whether food is a priority in your life or not, whether it's like entertainment, enjoyment, or whether you're just doing it to survive. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And ancestrally, you think of like, you know, when we had, we were, you know, generations ago, we didn't have food around like we do these days where we have full access anytime, like drive throughs you know, chips in the cupboard, like we just have food all around us. 
and we kind of are feasting all the time in our bodies, you know, in the chemistry and biology of, of our human body. And we're not evolved to have so much food available all the time. And historically, as I mentioned, you know, food was scarce. And so our body and our body cells adapt, find some roots and berries and maybe go hunting and get the woolly mammoth or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There was no potlucks back then. <laughs> Everything was a potluck. Well, if you had something to bring, <laughs> you know, it's like, how did, how did the hunting go today? It's kind of will determine what you're bringing to the potluck. That's right. Exactly. It's um, and then the hunting was probably rare. It wasn't like every day. It was more like once a month that you get the big beast and then you eat it for, you know, a few days. But yeah, our body is actually uh, evolved to benefit from fasting, and it's it kind of um, it's associated with the circadian rhythm of our day. So we're actually at night. The hormones that help us sleep like melatonin and growth hormones, they actually, um, the insulin gets blocked. So the, when we eat food, our body breaks it down to glucose and the glucose is in the bloodstream and the insulin takes it into the cells. And so that is how we, you know, metabolize and digest and metabolize food. And at night, when we're sleeping, the hormones are released. The um, melatonin, as you you know, you know, to help with sleep, right. that's a natural melatonin is released. Growth hormones released, so our body's repairing and healing, and not expecting to eat because actually the insulin is naturally blocked. So if we do eat, then it doesn't. We don't really absorb the um, the glucose doesn't get into the body cells as easily. So you can, you know, develop insulin resistance or possibly diabetes over time. So it's really, it's not great to eat at night. Uh, it's, it's naturally, the circadian rhythm shows that we should be eating during the day and stop eating at night. Right. And I think we've talked a little bit about uh, shift workers and how, you know, it is so detrimental on the body because, you know, you stay awake, you try to eat to keep alert but it's just, it, it wreaks havoc on your metabolism. I'm finding it difficult too with the, the summer hours and the schedule we have now. I was, I was doing the fasting kind of schedule for a while, like not eating after six and then maybe eating breakfast after nine o'clock in the morning. So it'd be a good 15 hours or so. Oh, that's wow. And okay. it was, it was working. I mean, I mean, working in that I was able to function and I was able to do it and I wasn't feeling hungry. My body got used to it and it was, it was easy to maintain. But as soon as summer started and we're like, oh, it's nine o'clock, we better eat dinner. <laughs> and you're up at five in the morning and you're hungry by six, you know, it's, it kind of is a bit harder to maintain. So, you know, it, it requires a bit more discipline in those hours, those summer hours. But yeah, it does. At, you're right. It kind of throws things off a little bit. But I think it's partly because you're more active later in the day, too. So, True. you know, it's kind of all relative. Uh, so you're, you know, it's just kind of the period of time has changed a little bit. Right. That's true. But it is actually the evidence. There's a, a study, an observational study that showed that women, breast cancer survivors, um, if they fasted for over 
13 hours at night. So basically from their dinner meal to their breakfast, they had a lower uh, rate of breast cancer recurrence. Oh, really? So that was helpful for their body, you know, healing and repair. Hmm. And that was with 23,000 women. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty good sample. Yeah. And a lot of the research is in rats, animal research, and that's showing that they, the, are increasing their longevity. So 25% increase in their longevity. So there is some evidence around it's helpful for, for longevity. Okay. That's, that's good to know too. Yeah. It can reduce the um, inflammatory processes. I think I mentioned earlier um, with the cholesterol and triglycerides and blood sugars, it can um, affect the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. And it also is really good for the gut biome. It actually helps to decrease inflammation for gut health and consequently help with better weight management and metabolism. Well, that's uh, important stuff. Yeah, absolutely. With uh, We mentioned the intermittent fasting. So there are different types of fasting and intermittent would be... What do you think? Well, I mean, my understanding of intermittent fasting is is that it's, well, I guess it could mean a few different things. Uh, is it just you're fasting, like not eating for certain periods of the day? Exactly. It's but, like time but restricted. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of another example of time restricted is intermittent. So it's having a window of eating about eight hours to 12 hours. And then the other amount would be fasting. Right. And is that something that is intended uh, to be done all the time or for a short, you know, for a few weeks at a time? Yeah, it's different. There's so many variations and that's a good question, but it is typically there's a schedule, a bit of a schedule. The eating window is usually kept on a fairly good schedule. Then then that could help with the regulating the circadian rhythms and um, just getting your body used to that, okay, we, we don't eat, you know, after dinner. And that would be like after 7. And then we don't eat again till 7 a.m. Right. And that would be a 12-hour time-restricted fast. I think the other thing we have mentioned in uh, previous episodes, too, is, is the foods that people tend to eat after 7 o'clock are foods that probably aren't that healthy. You know, they, the, those, that's what you're eliminating Absolutely. Primarily <laughs> with, with this fasting. So that's a, a plus right there. You know, you're not going to be digging into the ice cream and cookies and chips while you're watching the movie. And Right. I, I remember you saying in a previous episode how you're not like grabbing a big salad yeah. <laughs> like Nobody at 11 a, or something. Nobody makes a salad after they come home from the bar at night. And <laughs> can't wait to get home and have a salad. <laughs> you know, that's it's usually the junk food. So that's yeah that's a huge plus absolutely that's so true yeah yeah that's intermittent that's kind of uh, a fairly easy one to adopt if that's something that you're thinking of doing um the adf or alternate day fasting is just as it sounds like every second day you are eating 25 percent of the calories you normally eat so about 500 calories so it's like a fast because it's such a restricted amount of calories and you're just minimally eating on the every second day so like snacking but no meals kind of thing yeah it's not it's not even it's like 
for some of them, it's like broth and juice and oh, really? Yeah, it's really minimal, and it, 500 calories is not very much, right? That sounds over a, a 24-hour period. That sounds a bit too regimented for me. I don't think I'd. Oh yeah, it's it. pretty. I think it's. I'm uh, confused. Am I allowed to eat today, or is that <laughs> yesterday? I can't remember. I don't know. I guess I better eat. <laughs> you know, I, I had to be out the window on day three for me. <laughs> That's funny. Well, there is a modified one too, which is um, it's two days a week you're fasting, but not in a row. So it's like five to like five to two. So five days you eat regularly your normal amount and your normal food. And then two days, it's like the 500 calorie days where it's like just minimally, you know, minimal calories. And you better hope your friends aren't having like a big Super Bowl party that day with <laughs> exactly. all, the, all the goodies. I know that's the... Sorry guys, I have to eat just broth tonight. <laughs> that's the part. It's, it is, you know, it is a lot like another diet, right? And yeah, so exactly. it is, that part's tricky. I mean, people that have been doing this for religious reasons or spiritual reasons for centuries, that's a little bit different because, uh, they have a, a bigger why or reason that they're doing it that is really important to them. And and it's a tradition. So that's different. But if you're just thinking of embarking on a new diet trend, the ones that are where you're basically fasting f- for a whole day, I think are a little bit more tricky to do. Definitely you'll be hungry at first, but I guess it gets better over time as your body gets used to it. Yeah. I don't think it takes long for your body to realize that the food isn't coming in as quick as it used to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that really it's important on the days that you are eating, not to just go hog wild and like have, you know, oh, I can eat anything and everything and, you know, and just go crazy because then it's kind of like defeating the purpose of getting healthier and, and doing your body good. Um, so I think if you're eating whole foods, vegetables and fruits and whole grains, more on those regular eating days, like you're adopting a pretty healthy lifestyle and diet, then that's going to be a real benefit to it. For sure. Yeah. And everyone's different. So just find something that works for you. But I know what would work for me and what wouldn't. For me, I would think the intermittent fasting every day makes more sense for me. So like I said, everyone's different. Yeah. Like uh, you're not going to go in and eat, uh, do a hot dog eating contest or something on those days that you are allowed to eat. <laughs> Cause there, the research is showing that it could be beneficial. I mean, it's, there's not a lot of, uh, a huge amount of research in that for sure it helps you lose weight, but what they're finding is it's kind of like over time people are, not eating as many calories if they're doing intermittent fasting or alternate day fasting or modified alternate day fasting because they're just over time, like over the week, they're just not getting in as many calories as they normally would. So it's about 25% less calories overall. So that's kind of what the evidence is suggesting. So, I mean, anyone doing like embarking on any kind of diet or lifestyle plan are probably kind of being more mindful about their eating and what they're eating and when. So that naturally helps with your overall health and your, uh, it's like a calorie restriction diet, but at the same time, is it long-term? Is it sustainable? And we don't really have a lot of evidence for the, the, like the long-term studies. And what's, what's the goal for 
fasting? Is it weight loss or is it uh, like, is that the primary goal? Is that why people would be interested in trying it? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think people are looking at it for that reason. Um, also to help with cholesterol, the triglycerides, um, blood pressure, actually. Mm. Um, they're showing that, that it might help with uh, helping reduce high blood pressure, helping with insulin sensitivity and glucose levels. So, you know, diabetes and blood sugar levels. But the one the one thing I do want to mention for sure, um, it's really important that people that do have uh, conditions or medical... Uh, medical conditions. Yeah. Uh, might need to have something to eat in the evening or they might need to keep eating through the day and this would not work for them. And it definitely isn't safe for pregnant women or breastfeeding or kids or teens or people that have, have a history of eating disorders because it is very regimented and it is, um, you know, it could trigger that eating uh, disorder behavior. Yeah, that's good to know. And I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of diets that are promoting, well, promoting whatever the diet is promoting that don't really stress who it's for and who it's not for. They're just like, hey, yeah, buy my book, try it here, give it a go. And so, yeah, it's important to know yourself and maybe talk to your doctor or dietitian or, or whoever is your medical professional and make sure that it's a healthy choice for you. Yeah, absolutely. And you might need some guidance with uh, if you're going to embark on um, intermittent fasting or any any one of these variations. Um, it's good to have some support and uh, just kind of get some guidance moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I think for um, most people, the easiest way to start if they're interested in doing the intermittent fasting would be just a day a week, just try not to eat anything after dinner. Or if you already do that, then just have that window of fasting where you're not eating for 12 to 13 hours. And that's a, that's a good a way, a really easy kind of way to start. And uh, it's pretty doable. Yeah. And I think, I know for myself, eating at night isn't based on hunger. It's based on boredom and it's based on routine. So if you find yourself, you know, opening the fridge at eight o'clock at night, maybe find a, another habit to re replace the eating. Yeah, that good, might help with idea. the discipline part, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is a habit and it's uh, mindless a lot of times. It's like, or it's social, you know, you're sitting down and having a movie together and you both grab something. But, uh, I don't know, for your health, it might be better just to abstain from eating and maybe have some tea, some herbal tea or some water and just uh, not eat. Try that at least once a week if you do it regularly and then maybe work up from there. Yeah. Are you allowed to drink then? I mean, not like drink, drink, but like you're allowed to have water and tea and things without calories. Things without calories. Yeah. yeah. So maybe... Yeah, that, that encourages people to drink more water, which is a good thing too. So, mm -hmm, Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I hope that gives people some information about uh, fasting and the different kinds of fasting. And uh, like I said, I've, I've tried it a little bit. It's, it takes a couple of days for your body to get used to that sort of hunger feeling um, and it adjusts. But yeah, I don't know, maybe give it a go if it's something that interests you or look into it a bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. Or at least overnight, you know, give your body a longer time of not eating 
um, between dinner and breakfast. That sounds good. All right, Sandra, thanks for sharing your information and your expertise again. And uh, we'll be back next week with more fun stuff. Sounds good, Rob. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us today on My Wife the Dietitian. If you like what you heard, don't be shy. Leave us a comment or review and be sure to share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to hear more, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on our social media pages for updates, episode trailers, and other odds and ends. For more info and links on what we discussed on today's episode, check the show notes. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun-filled episode. Thank you.